Welcome. Craig Cobb, Reese, and Lou. This is another edition of our Traders Chat, where we just get together and have a bit of a chin wag about what's going on in the market. So thanks for being here, boys. No, thank you. Thanks again. Thanks, Matt. Always look forward to it. Yeah, look, what we're going to do today in, in this particular chat is we're going to talk about, um, well, we can't really avoid it, the everything that's going on with Binance, uh, of course, FTX and Sam uh, testified, I think it was today or last night at my time, um, and also some of the figures that have come out recently regarding inflation and, and obviously what it's done to Bitcoin and our market. So... I think, what do you reckon, guys? Let's talk about, um, first and foremost, uh, Binance, because, geez, there's been a, a fair bit of back and forth going on regarding Binance. Um, you know, one of the things that, that has come to air since FTX is trust and the importance of trust and the importance of trust comes through being truthful, right? And um, there's been some pretty scathing things coming out about what Binance has put out there. What, what are you, you know, where are you guys with that sort of stuff at the moment? I've got a few articles that I've read. Um, what do you guys think of Binance at the moment? Is it something that scared the absolute bejesus out of you, or you're okay? What do you reckon, Lou? Oh, look, when I when I heard it, so after FTX, I lost a lot of capital in FTX, like all of us did here. Um, so, like when I jumped on Binance. Binance. I started trading on Binance. I was like, look, I get the slightest whiff that something is untoward with Binance. I'm going to take all mine off. That's just a decision I made a month ago. And so um, had a whitelisted address on my account to the ledger and wait for it to all blow over, which it appears it's all blowing over now. Um, uh, yeah, I did like, the same thing. As soon as I got caught wind of it, it was like all my funds straight up Binance onto a ledger, nice and safe. I do not want to experience no second thoughts yeah. ever again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's you know the the problem with Twitter is that fake news can spread just as fast as real news. So you know we just don't really know. But then you know some um, news articles came out on Coin Telegraph and a few other you know other media websites. And just reading through those, yeah, it seems a little bit, just a little bit sketchy. Well, with, with regards to fake news, I mean, the, the thing is as well is that, you know, we're only going back, I don't know, was it nine, 10 weeks now with with um, the same thing with, with FTX, you know, there was all that FUD, which wasn't FUD, um, about FTX not being solvent. It broke as an mm. article. I, I can't remember who broke the article, but a deep dive into FTX assets showing that most of what they were garnering is their, you know, assets were illiquid and they couldn't actually access that money anyway. So then, you know, Sam came out and said, oh, we, we're one-to-one, -one, no problem. We don't use our clients' funds, all this sort of stuff. And of course, we found that to be not true. So it's it's definitely sent a huge shockwave through the market and massive amounts of lost trust. But I mean... When we look, I read through some of the transcripts from the um, the hearing today, and and plus a lot of you know he's been out there wildly tweeting and he's been doing speak, uh, talks and whatnot, and I mean there's two scenarios here. Sam's an absolute liar, which is very possible, and that he did know what was going on, or uh, Caroline, whatever her surname is, um, she threw him under a bus because if he had no 
if he didn't know this was happening, it's still his fault, by the way. I'm not taking any of the blame away from him. He needs to know what's going on. Um, but he's kind of saying, look, I didn't know. And as far as I was aware and da 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 all this sort of stuff. But it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, the financials that were leaked in that article showing that the reserves that they were, you know, I guess getting their money from or lending against or, you know, putting up as reserves was totally illiquid. And and that, how could he not know that? I mean, it's he, he runs a freaking exchange, one of the largest in the world. The the whole, oh, I just the second, the second largest in the world. The second, not the, just like any exchange, it was the second largest in the world. Yeah, completely irresponsible behavior. So he's hopefully going to suffer what he needs to. And, and, and it, you know, when you do the wrong thing and you, you affect, because look, really sadly, there will be, there will be suicides off the back of what's happened here with FTX. I'm sure it's already happened for many people. There'll be a lot of extreme hurt and pain. Um, and look, if anyone does need any help, by the way, please contact, you know, if this is triggering or whatever, do get in contact with Lifeline or whoever it is in your region to have a chat with somebody, speak to your friends, your mates, you know, don't, don't just hold it in. If this is you know, triggering you, please do take you know, decisive action and speak to some people. I know it's hard at times, but please do that. Life is good. It's just money. Um, but he needs, to, he needs to suffer for that because whether he was thrown under the bus or not, at the end of the day, he should have been driving that bus. So he should have been able to put the brakes on a lot earlier to save all the passengers that were on board. As it turns out, the bus has rolled, the passengers are still inside and they can't get out because we don't really know what's going on completely because the Chapter 11 hasn't been concluded, nor has any of the other jurisdictions in different parts of the, of the world, for the most part, to my knowing. So the, the whole poor me, I'm not buying an ounce of that. Bullshit. And you know, I must yeah. say, there's... Oh, sorry, just quickly, Reese. like, just the way, like, how, so, like, when all these withdrawals were going on with FTX, SB, uh, Sam was silent. Like, there was no communication at all, and it was an absolute shit fight. Now, you see what's going on with Binance and the CEO of Binance CZ, like, I'm just looking at kind of his Twitter now. And they've had 1.14 billion in withdrawals. And he said, oh, we've seen this before. Some days we have net withdrawals. Some days we have net deposits. Business as usual. Um, It's good to stress test withdrawals on each exchange on a rotating basis. Clear communication with clients. Like, Mm. it's, uh, I, I guess if you compare the two, like the, you know, it's different. I feel like it's a different feel. This guy's communicating clearly what's going on. Yeah, but how do we trust him? And let, let, let's go to, to oh. this audit, right? This audit, they've this internal audit. And they said um, they've got proof of reserves. They, they've got one-to-one. Like if I put a Bitcoin on uh, onto platform, then Binance has that Bitcoin as well. Something along those lines, which is one-to-one. And they've got their own... Um, Binance reserves as well. And then they've got this, um, what's it called? The SAFU fund, right? So I'll read this. What this means in actual terms is that Binance holds all user assets one-to-one as well as some reserves. We have zero debt in our capital structure and we have made sure that we have an emergency fund, the SAFU fund, for extreme cases. I'm a little bit confused here because if it's all kosher at one-to-one, 
then why does there need to be a fund in the first place? That's that's the thing that scratches makes my head scratch. Is that purely a PR stunt, or is that something that I don't know? It 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 doesn't stack up for me why they would need that. I mean, I don't think that's the way that it needs to operate if they are completely one to one. The second thing as well. Sorry, I'll, I'll leave it at that. What are your thoughts on that? Because why, why do you need to have a backup fund if everything is completely sweet at one to one? Why do we need that? Is it PR or is is it required? You know? Yeah, no idea. Like I'm sure an exchange is a super super complex um, organization, and I don't think we'll ever fully know what happens behind the doors. But yeah, it's um, it seems a little bit suspicious, doesn't it? Well, with um, the Safri fund, though, you got to remember, like, uh, also, I only I know a little about a little bit about this. Like, they put that fund, let's say, into existence not this year, not last year, but possibly back in two thousand and eighteen or two thousand and nineteen. So, don't quote me on that. And it was put yep. in this this insurance fund was put in place in case finance suffered a hack and they weren't able to cover those deposits so they could dip into that fund and replace those deposits that were hacked by that fund. That's why that fund was originally set up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that makes a bit more sense for the hacking and they have had to use it. I think that's a 55 million hack back in, oh, it might've been 19. The, yeah, the, other, yeah. the other interesting thing that I see from, from this internal audit, and I'll read a couple of points here is that, um, uh, so it was from Mazars, which is kind of a mid-tier auditing firm, right? Mazars said it performed its work using agreed-upon procedures requested by Binance and that we make no representation regarding the appropriateness of the procedures. That doesn't sound to me like uh, the conditions for a full and unbiased audit. Essentially what I'm reading, and don't forget, I'm not trying to slander anybody here. I'm reading this as an individual who trades with Binance. Not very often, but I've got funds on Binance just because I like to trade futures and there ain't much good there in my experience and it's just too complicated. But why why not have a completely... He's talking... He's out there on Twitter saying transparency, transparency, transparency. Then he's setting the terms for which an audit can be provided where the auditor itself has actually said, you know, we're not we're not saying anything about how appropriate this is. We're we, we're washing our hands of that. They asked us to do a certain task. This was a certain task. They haven't necessarily <clears throat> excuse me. They haven't come out and necessarily said this is a full audit process. They've said within the agreed upon procedures by uh, by Binance. The other thing I, I find frustrating is that it, it's like he keeps going back to compare this to FTX, almost like sort of saying um, you know. Uh, yeah, sure. That you got eaten by a great white shark, but you've only lost. You can only lose your leg here. You know, it's still bad. You know, it's mm. for, for them to say um, we need transparency and then to not provide it. I mean, his quote is: "It's important for us to show users that the coffers are not bare, like at FTX." That's what Patrick Hillman said, who's the uh, chief strategy officer. So. Don't compare yourself to FTX, please. We, we know how bad that was. We're not looking for the less bad option. We're looking for an honest, trustworthy option. And the comparative, so the comparisons consistently made to, um, you know, beating down Sam and FTX, we already know how bad they are. We're asking you to show us something that we can be faithful 
you know, we can give faith to and trade with you. So there's so many red flags that I'm seeing in this whole audit that it's not an audit. An audit is where there's open transparency to accounts, debts, liabilities, and whatnot, running costs, all that. This audit is, is not that. It's almost as if, and it started off with the whole proof of reserves thing, um, which is kind of like a trust me, bro. You know, look, we've got this many Bitcoin. That's great. But how many do you owe? You know, where's your debt? They're no, they are, I would say that Binance is completely missing the mark on this one. They've had an opportunity. Perhaps they've rushed it. That could be the outcome. But for me, I'm seeing, I'm not saying that Binance is insolvent or anything crazy like that. I'm just saying that based on the, on the factor of um, gaining trust, they are, they are really dropping the ball here. That's my opinion. I'm going to be honest, I stopped reading after I read that Mazar conducted the audit on agreed upon terms. I thought, if I'm selling a house, am I going to get my buddy to come in and do the building inspection on the things that I choose to be inspected for their structural integrity? Just do the walls and do the doors. Don't look at the slab, don't look at the roof, and then go and sell that house and expect someone to buy it. It's like ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. And also what? The thing that I, I noticed straight away was what company of this size doesn't have any white, like they say they have no debt. How can you not have any debt? You can't no, just come out that. and say, oh, they, or do they mention that? Yeah. yeah so in the, in the article that I read, it was, um, yeah, they definitely do have liabilities. I'm just trying to find the exact numbers about 500, almost 600,000. Bitcoin worth of liabilities and then just under that in assets. Um, so they had more worth of liabilities than what they did assets. Um, but CZ came out and said that that didn't take into account the amount that was lended out through margin loans and their lending program. And if they did take that into account, it would be 101% collateralized. So it's again, 97% to 101%. Yeah, again, it's just... Trust me, bro. Yeah. The other thing is, is and, and this is this is coming back to, you know, Twitter's a great place for some things. It's a cesspit for other things, but it's a great place as well for being held accountable. Now, if you recall, um, uh, Binance, what did he say? He said, um, in an ex if an exchange have to move large amounts of crypto before or after they demonstrate their wallet addresses, it is a clear sign of problems. Stay away, stay Safu, right? Now, mm. let's not forget that Binance received, well, you know, Binance moved 2.7 billion out of its proof of reserves wallet. The exchange responded saying the move was to a TRX cold wallet. The procedure was even more bizarre because it comes off the heels of the contradictory statement that CZ made about moving funds around. So he's effectively come in um, he's effectively coming in and said, if anyone does this, it's a massive red flag. Stay safe. Oh, I've just done this. Yeah, but it's okay because of this reason. It's like, hang on, mate. You, you moved 127,000 Bitcoins from your reserve address to a somewhere. It's a Tron address, but that wasn't listed. Like it, he really is. He, he seems to be a bit flustered right now because he's not, he's not thinking through <laughs> He just doesn't seem to be doing what he says he will do. Is that's my concern, and the 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 fact that we're sitting here in a relatively frustrated and confused state. Now, frustration and confusion is uncertainty. 
we know what uncertainty does to markets as traders. When markets are uncertain, irrational things happen. Markets plummet. That's what happens. Or they go sideways. It is under no circumstance is a is a um, uh, you know non-trusted market or so not non-trusted uh, a market that is you know a bit worried. Under no circumstances that lead to a good outcome. The whole point of what CZ is trying to achieve here is it is trying to show that we are trusted, we are safe, we are good. Now, he is absolutely the number one exchange out there on the planet, pretty much always has been, aside from Mount Gox. But he's really going about the clarity of messaging in a very, very wrong way, considering that most of the people that are involved with the asset class and his exchange are people like you and me, or people that are less educated in these matters. This is confusing. He's throwing more confusion, more uncertainty into the market. And that's what we saw 1.27 billion of withdrawals out of Binance. He's put, he's, I think he's stoking the fire uh, accidentally because he's got himself in hot water because he's saying things flippantly and not able to back that up. I think that, that quote from Warren Buffett about how the, all, uh, what, what is it? A, a rising tide rises all boats, but a, what is it? When the tide goes out, it reveals those who swimming naked. Yeah. Something like that. It, it really feels like CZ is swimming with a nice little bikini on at the moment. Not fully naked, but <laughs> we're, we're starting to see things that we probably don't want to see and he doesn't want us to see. Yeah. And, and, yeah. He, and they've kind of done it to themselves. Let's be honest, like if he wasn't calling for this transparency and everything, which is good, which is what we should have, they've dug themselves into their own, they've dug their own hole. Yep. Yep. You can't be, you can't be making all these claims and being the king and all that sort of stuff without showing that you can be, you know, if, mm. if everything was, you know, and again, coming back to saying that I'm not suggesting that Binance is going to go down. If it goes down, well, see you later. You know what I mean? Like, um, see you later, crypto industry. Bitcoin is still Bitcoin. It will just set us back a long way. And that's something else to know. Bitcoin hasn't done anything wrong here. Um, it's centralized uh, heads that have uh, and, and they, these exchanges for the most part. And obviously, there's a lot of pump and dump type stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crap in there. Um, but Bitcoin rises above. And the Bitcoin maxis are laughing their way to the, well, not to the bank because it's got down so much. But there's a lot of I told you so type stuff. And perhaps they are right. I mean, Bitcoin is the safest of all the cryptos because it just continues to power ahead. But, you know, I think what's happening now as well is he's trying to get ahead of the whole regulation curve and, you know, trust curve. But it, it just seems so rushed. You know, he's, he's trying and I think he's realizing, perhaps in a similar way to Sam, if that is to be the case, that Sam doesn't have a really good hold on things. Maybe maybe CZ doesn't as well. Maybe he came out and said, hey, look, we can prove it all. Let's do this, 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 this. And he's got a bunch of yes people that are working in high places that are making a lot of money through working in those high places of Binance going, oh, geez. Um, well, actually, <laughs> we, um, uh, yeah, so let's um, let's make our own rules for the audit and call it an audit. Yeah. Well, bizarre, we're we're call it an audit. Let's, um, we, we don't really have, um, oh, let's just put this out for now. Do you know what I mean? That's what it feels like. And it's a bit suspicious that Justin, Justin's son, Justin's yeah. son, the founder of Tron, withdrew a, over $100 million worth of funds and then deposited back to Binance. Like, see, look, 
we trust Binance. We're going to give them back $100 million. You just withdrew how much? Like, yeah. A little bit suspicious. Just all these little I mean, things look, add up to if, a bigger picture. Yeah. If Binance goes down... <laughs> if Binance goes down, we're going, to, we're going to get put back a few years in adoption, but maybe not. Like Craig said, Bitcoin maxes. And look, to be honest, for full disclosure, I don't think Binance is insolvent. I, it, um, it's probably, it is probably a huge, huge miscommunication. And like, like what you were saying, Craig, he's just got Twitter, got these little things in our, in our pockets. doesn't matter what your status called a smartphone. You can, do, 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 do. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at these but crazy just, tweets just, SPF has sent out. Yeah. I'm not willing to, to go that far to say I don't think they're insolvent. I'm just going as far as saying yeah. the, the way that they're managing things. Because, you know, we were told that by FTX. We were told that by people here in Australia at FTX. that They, they were, in fact, lied to as well from the Bahamas. Coming back to what you said before, Reese, about, um, you know, that Sam went silent. He went completely silent. He wouldn't even talk to his, you know, the people running his business in different parts of the world. And when he did, he lied to them. Mm. So... I'm, it's it's a really shady time right now and it sucks um, because the trust isn't there and Binance is trying to build that trust and failing dismally. And it, it this whole audit thing, it's not an audit. We, we spoke about it in the last chat we did last week where we said um, the easiest way, well, from my standpoint, to, to have these companies become trusted again, these exchanges especially, is to follow a very similar, you know, very similar framework as what a publicly listed company would have to do, which is showing your balance sheets and doing complete, open, transparent orders because it's publicly accessible information. That's where investors make their decisions based on. If you try and fudge those, you're in jail. Uh, and so too, the auditor takes responsibility to a certain extent to make sure that it is, you know, fit and proper. Um, the way they're going about it right now, just showing proof of reserves and making these rules that people can and can't see. And trust me, bro, I'm sick of hearing, oh, just trust us. Oh, what? he didn't say trust us. He said, um, ask around. It's like, that is trust me, bro. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to call up all your debtors that I don't even know exist and see, you know, I'm just going to call everyone on the planet and go, does, does the CZ owe you money? Does Binance owe you money? What contracts are on? Well, how much money is going out? We don't get to see that. And that is the lack of transparency. If we follow a model similar to that, that is properly audited for publicly listed companies in just about every jurisdiction, right? Um, then we're going to have a place where we really can trust until that point comes. I mean, it's just pissing in the wind. Like Binance going out and doing all this stuff has just muddied the water more than it's clarified things. And I, I would suggest that, this Mazar mob that they've put in place to do a internal audit under their rules, they're probably going, oh, why do we say yes to this? Because it's tarnishing <laughs> their name at the same time. You know, um, I don't know. It's, it's uh, the, the thing is, I guess the bottom line to conclude on the Binance situation right now is that they've gone out there trying to provide uh, trust and proof that they are all good. Now, they probably are all good but they're not portraying that very well. They are, they are bringing up more questions than they are actual answers. And it's because, you know, the nerve endings are not connecting. They're all over the place. CZ contradicting himself. 
I'm saying about honesty, setting rules around what honesty is. Well, truth is truth. I don't care about your truth. Truth is truth. The fact that I am talking right now in this room is a fact. You know, that's a fact. Give me facts. Give me the absolute truth about what is going on. And it's very apparent that they can't. And that's going to, that's not good for the market. But um, speaking of the market, as you can see, and you've been seeing on your chart for a while now, ladies and gentlemen, Bitcoin has had a pretty good last 48 hours, closing up 3.3% yesterday. Uh, gentlemen, why did that happen? I just, just to sum up the Binance thing, yeah, I think sorry. from from our standpoint, there's nothing we can really do until this blows over. Um, I think I would encourage people to take their Bitcoin and stables off of the exchange and have them in a ledger and just leave the minimum amount on there. At the moment, the risk is just too large. Um, I'd rather be safe with my funds on a ledger for the time being, and then I'm happy to put them back onto Binance when they when everything blows over. But um, yeah. Oh, I don't know if you've got anything to add there, Lou. Look, I, I hope I hope that by the the boy like we've just covered all the negative stuff. The bullish scenario and all this is if um, a lot of people put Binance under stress and they withdraw a huge amount of funds, which seems to be happening right now, and Binance copes with it, no problem. Withdrawals just kick over, kick over, kick over, and it blows over. And I think. If that happens, which we all hope it does, it will um, maybe that will inspire some more confidence in the market as well. Um, yeah, which point. could be could be a good good sign to the market as well. Fair point. And with regard to taking money off exchange, I mean, one of the things that we we well, I put in the course uh, and speak about quite frequently is your counterparty risk. So what Reese has just described there is just good risk management. If you've got, say, $50,000 worth of crypto and you are margin trading as well, you're using margin. You don't need to have the whole 50000 on there. You should be having for trading the amount that you require to have the margin that you need or to take the size positions that you need. Now, sure, if you've got, say, three or four positions running, which is unlikely if you trade our ways at the moment because we don't have a great deal of direction, um, the probability is that you're going to be able to have the, the amount of trades that you want and risk management, sorry, risk manager to your 50,000, which is risking 500 per trade. So you don't need to have full exposure to any exchange. You, you do need to have some exposure to trade margin. Just manage what that exposure is and say, once you've made some profits, take that off, put that back onto your ledger and, and keep yourself safe in that way. We've been saying this from day dot. Uh, it doesn't change. It remains exactly the same. There will always be counterparty risk uh, and it doesn't just occur in crypto. That's one thing I also want to suggest is that I've seen these events occur um, uh, on foreign exchange platforms as well. Uh, FXCM was one of them. I think another one was Atari back against the Euro, Euro Swiss franc de-pegging. So you can't feel more safe. In, I mean, you, can, you can feel more safe in traditional markets, I suppose, because they do audits real. But uh, you don't get the same amount of volatility in that space. And, um, and we like that volatility. So that's sort of to sum up that how to manage that. And we'll be doing more on counterparty risk um, coming up as well. So yeah, the market, it's up. Sweet, 3.3% we closed up. I've been talking about getting up through uh, the the old highs, which was set at 17,417. We're now trading at 17,818 uh, as Bitcoin pushed through 
quite significantly that level. We've got another new higher low on the daily chart, which it's it's been a really good market move over the last 24 hours. What was it that made that move, gentlemen? Look, I think it could be a number of reasons, but I really think it was the CPI data that came out overnight. Um, the CPI or the inflation rate seems to have slowed and only increased by 0.1%. So the last year on year was what, 7.7%? Yep. Yeah, 7.7%. The consensus was 7.3. We came in at 7.1. So I think it does look like inflation is slowing. And the interest rate announcement, which is due for us tonight, I believe. Um, Let's have a look. I think it's actually tomorrow. Here it is. Six a.m. tomorrow yeah. yeah it's tomorrow yes tomorrow so so. december 15 yeah so that'll be 6 a.m tomorrow morning yeah. we have the actual we've got fomc economic projections so that basically just talking and the rates decision they're still looking to raise it another half a percent after speaking earlier about um, reducing the pace I'll, I'll be very surprised if that happens yeah look i i I got a sneaking suspicion this time of year, and keep in mind, this has got nothing to do with me reading lots of stuff and being an economist. I'm just pretty down with patterns and politics around patterns and times of year. The first hint was we are looking at um, decreasing the pace at which we're raising rates. Keep in mind, um, you know, as we said before, 9% uh, sorry, no, what is it? What was the inflation? Six point something. We'll call, call it seven just to do a round number. And we've we've got in the US, uh, if you've got a mortgage as well, you started at maybe 1.1% or something like that. Now you're at, you know, maybe 4.8%. So it's a big swing. You've got about a 10% um, reduction in your spending power with inflation and now uh, interest rates rising. So a lot of people's money is being taken away at this time of year at Christmas um good news is what politicians want and with inflation figures now having uh you know beaten expectations of the forecast i believe that there is a probability a high probability well no i won't say a high probability a higher probability now with inflation having dropped significantly more than forecast that tomorrow that we see uh, maybe a 25 basis point rise as opposed to a 50 basis points. It's a big thing to say that, but um, that's that, that could go ahead like that. If it does do that, I think we're going to see our markets really have a, a very, very strong run. But again, that is just based on uh, a theory. It is not based on fact. We'll know tomorrow at 6 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Um, but it's definitely helped the market out, hasn't it? Wouldn't that be nice? Just a nice little Christmas gift. The government put us, put us through hell in 2020 with COVID, again in 2021 with COVID, 2022 with interest rate increases. So here you go, guys. A zero, a 25% basis point increase to end the year. <laughs> and we see that so it's much. really good news. That's the good yeah, news. Really good. We're, going, we're going to give you 50, but we'll give you 25. Yeah. I think like in live trading for, I always look at the S&P 500, the SPX 500 and the dollar. And the past, like, let's just say all news aside, if we weren't following the news, the dollar, uh, at least the DXY, which is the, do the US dollar the index, dollar is in a solid downtrend. Like some people will call that like 
you know, like the use the acronym like double top on the daily vert, like the high did not take out the previous high and it's just in a really nice downtrend. And then on the daily it is. On the daily, the, on the daily on the it is, yeah. It's broken its uptrend, but on the monthly, the monthly, it's pretty much just a straight line though. I mean, it's had a it's had a massive run from its low point to its high point of you know twenty-eight percent. I've done a fair bit of content on exactly that. So it's it's been covered quite extensively. Um, but yeah, the daily right now is in a downtrend. And what we want to see is you know a stronger economy or stronger global economies, not just the US, stronger global economies tend to see the US dollar decrease in value because it's a safe haven. Generally, when things go bad, people pile in the dollars because it's a it's the world's currency still, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Of course, yesterday it did close down uh, nearly 1%, which is quite a significant move. Well, it's not significant, but it is quite a, it's, it's, it's a solid move uh, for the dollar index. But um, yeah, dollar index falling tends to mean that we'll see Bitcoin rising um, as a, you know, a general metric of, as I said, economic health globally. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's 12 and a half percent is what we need to get to 20,000 by the end of the year or by, yeah, by the end of the year. <laughs> now I'd love it by Christmas, which means that we've got what 11 days to put on 12 and a half percent. To be honest with you, it's doable. Um, we, we need it's, that interest rate yeah. decision to come out significantly lower to give us a really good run into Christmas. That's what we need. The problem is, is that when it comes to, um, fiscal, you know, the, these monetary meetings and whatnot <clears throat> and the interest rate decisions, it's kind of like a cruise ship. They, they don't, they, they, they go for a while and then they slow and they slow and they slow. They don't tend to go, okay, well, we're going to give you 50 basis points off this time. Oh, but next month we're going to raise it by 0.25. You know, they, they, they don't tend to work in those ways. They don't, they don't take a step backwards and then move forward again. They, they tend to increase, 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 and then slowly start to decrease. Then they might plateau for quite some time until we get back into a period where they start to decrease again. And in fact, the rising interest rates are typically a good thing. Um, sometimes they're used as a measure to slow what we're seeing now, inflation. But people that are stoked about lowering inflation, uh, sorry, lowering interest rates, Tend to like tend to forget that that's to stimulate the economy. That's what that is for. Rising interest rates is not to stimulate the economy. It tends to slow the economy. So it's a seesaw that many people don't understand. Rising interest rates at this point are used to combat inflation, which is the spending of money. But I tell you what, might have been a good idea. Maybe not lock us all down and print trillions of dollars. That might have helped inflation. I don't know. I'm not an economist. When are the economists ever ever right though? Yeah, well, that's, that's, another, that's another Warren Buffett, uh, Warren Buffett line yeah. about economists. Yeah. That's why they're economists because they never have money in the market. So yeah. why? So that's like the fallacy of the markets, right? Isn't it? Why does everyone listen to economists when they don't actually <laughs> profit from the market and have skin in the game? Yet everyone does. Yet the it's actual money is the actual. Yeah, the academics, that's right. Yeah, the, mm, yeah. That, that, that good old one of the markets. But um, yeah, so look, we've got interest rates coming out tomorrow, 6 a.m. I'm calling for, as in I want it, uh, a, uh, a 25 basis point rate hike. Whether I get it or not, I don't know. 
But if we did get it, it would certainly, you know, push us higher. I would suspect if we get it on uh, 50 basis points, I think we'll probably won't see too much change. If we get above, well, we can expect to wipe out what we put on yesterday. <laughs> and that's pretty much where we are within the market. Do you guys have any final thoughts, anything else to sort of add to this little chat? I'm, I think I'm going to go for, yeah, 25 basis points as well. That's what I'm expecting. But um, I think my final note would be that coming back to the SBF thing, that um, a shout out to Tom Emma, a con congressman in the US who um, said that crypto didn't, crypto committed no crime. It was the shady guys that committed the crime. So anyone bashing crypto, bashing Bitcoin because of this whole SBF saga and now Binance and everything else that's happened this year, it wasn't Bitcoin that did it. It wasn't blockchain that did it. It was people using those as a tool to commit fraud. So I think that's a, a really important note um, to end with is, yeah, crypto committed no crime. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. 100%. Well then gentlemen, let's wrap this one up. And uh, thanks to all the listeners and viewers that, uh, that do this. If you do like this, please do share it, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Any questions, just write it in the comments. We're more than happy to answer those. Uh, if you are listening to this in podcast, well, jump into our Discord group and ask us questions because we're there all the time and uh, we'd be more than happy to help. Gentlemen, thank you very much. This is the last Traders Chat that I'll be on this year as I move into Christmas and enjoying a bit of a break. And um, to everybody out there, take it easy. Merry Christmas and uh, stay safu as the uh, <laughs> incredibly confused uh, CZ might say. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, mate. Thank, thank you, you, mate. Bye.